all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, which I'm excited to say we are now airing five days a week. Once a week, you can still hear an interview with a different consciousness change maker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness across Spaceship Earth. But now, also, in addition to the weekly interview, on the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics we deem worthy of discussion. All right, all you Positive Heads, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Positive Head Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Beecham. <laughs> And this is my co-host, Dalian the Alien. Hello, Dalian. Hello, nurse. Okay. I mean, uh, dude. <laughs> Hi. Um, that falls into the nerdiest, quirkiest intro of, of all time. Thank you all very much for listening. Oh, it's not like it's uh, so hard for us to outdo ourselves there. We'll probably have a twice as nerdy intro <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> in, in all the good ways, of course. Oh, uh, I guess I'm just in a really good mood today. So yeah. excuse my nerdiness, everyone. Sh- sure sounded like it. So... Uh, uh, is there anything in particular that's got you feeling in such a great mood? Or is um, it just the general awesomeness of everything? Life is beautiful. That's what's got me in such a great mood. I'm uh, choosing to be in such a great mood because uh, I don't need a reason. I just want to be that way. Oh, okay. Uh, Good enough. I thought I would ask you just to, you know, <laughs> nah. get a little playful banter well, going. You know, but no, a, I hear you. It's the holidays and so I've spent quite a bit of time with family and have uh, overcome some different, you know, personal trials and things like that in the last week or so that really have me feeling lighter. Uh, it's interesting as you release, uh, you know, energy that is holding you back, how you lighten your load, so to speak, and you open yourself up to to uh, feel better and better. And that's the most important thing is feeling feeling good, choosing and doing things that make you happy can't say that I honestly believe that life is really so hard these days, but uh, you could certainly make the case that life is hard enough and we don't need to actually make it harder by <laughs> right focusing on things that don't really matter in the end. Well, one thing's for sure is if you always look at the now, whatever you're dealing with in the now, you can always deal with. You've always done it. You've Everyone listening has done it up to this point. Uh, any now that you've ever been in, you've it's been okay. The major things have been okay. You've been able to get through it, even if it was a hard now that maybe you experienced. You always get through it and change is guaranteed. Uh, that's the one for sure certain in this reality. Uh, change is guaranteed. So you just keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. As people from some of these 12-step programs that I was fortunate to uh, learn a little bit about um, through my work experience years ago, uh, they have a saying that's very popular there, Brandon, uh, one day at a time, oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's, of course, you know, what helps them deal with some of the toughest uh, days there. But it's it's a pretty um, awesome thing that in this grand design, there's such a thing as this, you know, night and day cycle that can help us, you know, rejuvenate ourselves. And, you know, we you only have to get through your life one day at a time. So yep. that's, you know, makes it a little more manageable, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Well, what do you got? Let's get in. We've got a lot to, uh, we're going to talk about today. So what do you have in way of a mysterious story of the day? This one's certainly mysterious, uh, dude. It's uh, a bit of mysterious archaeological news, but uh, ah. a very fascinating story. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's based on the research of, uh, or rather the story begun with the discovery of a Peruvian archaeologist uh, named Julio Tello. Mm-hmm. And he found... Um, 
uh, this ancient civilization, this is, is a civilization based in the Paracas Peninsula of Peru, mm-hmm. which is a desert peninsula. Uh, and uh, they, uh, this gentleman found uh, something like 300 skulls that are uh, at least 3,000 years old. So that's already pretty remarkable in itself. Yeah, that's getting back there. Uh-huh. Yeah, but these skulls, Brendan, are elongated. And elongated skulls have been found elsewhere on the planet before. We know from um, archaeological research that, you know, some ancient cultures um, ritually uh, deformed the skulls of some of, you know, members of the tribes. Okay. Uh, I would call it elongated in case someone maybe heard it and like, what does that mean? But Uh it's potato, potato. So, okay. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's, that's a fair uh, distinct, just to clarify exactly what it is. In case someone's like, what is that? Exactly. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, one very common thing that you saw in a few instances when, when this was found was, you know, that they would use like bindings on the head of a person to, you know, to manipulate. Yeah. Right. Over the course of many years. But, um, Medically, you can say that uh, that's sort of easy to tell when that's the case because the actual volume of the brain doesn't change. Yeah. It's just the shape of the skull that changes, sure. right? So the skulls found in the Paracas uh, region of Peru are remarkable because, first of all, they uh, appear to not be the result of any kind of you know deliberate deformation, right? No kind of manipulation or molding mm-hmm. that went, took place. Exactly. Um, just by observing them, they were able to see that the cranial volume was something like 60-some percent larger. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. And uh, the, the skull's morphology is different from a human skull, so it already looks highly suspicious. It, I think it said it had only one parietal plate instead of two which is the case with human beings. And so now after they've been submitted to DNA testing, they are very, very uh, certain that these are not human skulls. This is another humanoid species that apparently we just know nothing about except for these skulls, right? But uh, they were so, even though they were humanoid and possibly had, you know, interaction with Homo sapiens all those years ago, uh, the uh, article here, which by the way is from EWAO.com, Brandon. Okay. It says that these um, hominids were so different from human beings that they couldn't have interbred with us either. Wow. Yeah. So unlike um, the Neanderthals and so forth, which we know now. Exactly. That uh, Homo sapien, uh, you know, bred with, this is not close enough in similarity. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating because um, just... uh, observation of all the features that these skulls exhibited and of course you know 300 skulls that's a pretty decent number but um that now now that we've you know applied our latest uh technology and testing in the form of dna testing and we're seeing that these these things you know these skulls are very much like you know something that's not human is uh pretty pretty um pretty remarkable in itself for sure yeah i wonder if they're native to this planet or not you know, that's, of course, the natural question that I'm sure a lot of people, not even having seen the article, I'm sure it, it suggests that as a possibility, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that is, of course, fascinating anytime we talk about stories like these is really not so much, of course, to say, oh, you know, these are for sure the missing link or, you know, not to, you know, lean too heavily on any one story. It's just to really convey the point that uh, there's just so much we don't know. And there there are so many amazing mysteries out there that, you know, perhaps one day will be confirmed. Maybe a lot of them won't be, but uh, life is certainly wondrous and mysterious in, you know, ways that we can hardly imagine right now. Yeah, there just keeps more and more things are unearthed from you also have conversations and, you know, supposed giant uh, skeletons that have been found and, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, it just, <laughs> it gets more and more mysterious. Uh, reality is 
definitely stranger than fiction, I, I believe. And I think we'll only continue to, to have evidence of that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Thanks to the internet, among other things, I think that we will continue to see, you know, a lot more of this information disseminated and shared and maybe even validated eventually. So, All right, everyone. Now I'd like to welcome my good friend Sue Krebs onto onto the show. Uh, Sue is going to read the positive pondering breakdown of the day. Hello, Sue. Welcome. Hey, Brandon. Happy holidays. I hope you had happy holidays to you. I hope yours was uh, was amazing. It was good, and it's actually starting to look like winter today. So it's a little late, but it's okay. Christmas, (laughs) exactly. Two days late would have been would have been nice Uh, to have white, but you know it's all good. uh, You know, well, better late than never. We're actually looking at a lot of rain coming up in the next week, which is uh, we're just excited about that around around here. So (laughs) yeah, that's your winter, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, what do you got for us today? All right. Well, we will dive in. The quote is from Doreen Virtue, and it says, Your free will choice is either to accept support and help from heaven or push it away. Either way, we'll be honored because it's your decision. And these are my thoughts on that. The Christmas holiday turns our collective attention toward matters of the spirit and love. And we all experience this in different forms and through different rituals. Yet, whether we are celebrating the birth of Jesus because we believe him to be our Savior, or simply because we honor the love and compassion that he embodied in his life, we all seem to recognize that our own human lives and that of our spiritual counterparts are inextricably linked. We are first and foremost spiritual beings, and our human ego selves are smaller, lower vibrating aspects of that divine self. Still, our connection to spirit remains while we are in human form. We can turn to spirit, to heaven, if you will, for support and help, or we can rely solely on our human logic and intellect to see us through this life experience. Either is a completely valid choice, resulting in a completely valid experience. Spirit will honor either choice we make, because truly it is our choice. Through my own experience and that of working with clients, I've learned that connecting to spirit can bring greater ease into our lives. Our heavenly helpers are willing to guide us, to smooth our paths, to assist us by orchestrating events and circumstances to bring our greatest desires right to our doorsteps. Sometimes they assist in miraculous ways, intervening to save our lives. How many of us have heard stories where angels have saved people through their very physical presence? Or perhaps you have your own angelic encounter. I have two that I'd like to share with you. The first occurred several years ago as I was embarking on my spiritual awakening in earnest. I was away with girlfriends for the weekend, and I took a walk to explore the surrounding area, which included an abandoned lakeshore property. After spending some time relaxing on the dock and meditating by the water, I walked back to our cabin and inadvertently stepped onto a flat metal plate covering the buried septic tank. The plate gave way and I fell into a large culvert pipe up to my armpits. I remember feeling myself stop when I was in the pipe up to my armpits. The very next instant, I was on my hands and knees at the edge of the hole. I had been holding my digital SLR camera in my hand, as I always do when walking with it. In the instant after I fell, I was on my knees, still holding my camera. I stood up quickly, and my first thought was, I hope no one saw that. 
How funny that that would be my first concern. When I got back to the house, I examined my leg, which was rapidly showing signs of deep and severe bruising. Over the course of the next several weeks, that leg turned every color under the rainbow, and as the blood drained, the bruise moved down my leg all the way to my toes. Today, I'm left with a lump and an indentation where my shin initially hit the side of the pipe. Later, I learned that had I fallen all the way into that septic tank, I would have quickly succumbed to the methane gases that pool in the bottom of such tanks. While I could very easily have died, that was not the point of this experience for me. At that time in my journey, I was looking for and asking for proof that angels exist and surround us. What better proof than to be saved by one? I know without a doubt that something saved me because I was extricated from that pipe with no effort on my part. At the very least, it would have been an incredible struggle for me to pull myself out of it, and yet I was on my knees next to it with my camera still in hand without exerting any effort whatsoever. The second encounter with divine intervention happened just a couple summers ago when I was riding my motorcycle to meet friends for a picnic. I had just stopped by my favorite rock and crystal store where I had bought a couple fluorite pieces. Not having much room to carry things on my bike, I tucked them into one of the leather, leather saddlebags and headed to meet my friends. Just a couple blocks from my destination, I was passing a convenience store driveway. A driver was pulling out, but she was concerned with traffic coming from the opposite direction from which I was traveling. She pulled out to cross my lane without so much as a glance in my direction. As if in slow motion, I realized that she wasn't going to stop and was about to hit me. I sped up slightly to scoot past her, and as she pulled out, she clipped my bike, hitting me in the saddlebag. Fortunately, I was far enough past her that she just knocked the bike without making me lose control. I was shook, shook up, but unhurt. When I got to the picnic, I took out my new fluorite, only to find that it now had a chip missing from its otherwise smooth surface. My fluorite crystal had taken the hit for me. Later, I learned that protection is one of the metaphysical aspects of fluorite. I don't doubt it for a second. So whether we are willing to allow spirit to assist us in life, sometimes even dramatically saving our lives, or we don't, we are giving the option, we are given the option to do so. Personally, I gratefully welcome the assistance of spirit in my life in both the dramatic and the inconsequential ways. With spirit's help, I remain closer to the true essence of who I am and thus all that is. And with heaven's help, my life just keeps getting better and better. That is spectacular. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. I, you know, it's definitely a, um, a, a a soft spot for me when it comes to stories of the paranormal or angelic encounters or synchronicity or any of those things. As you know, I always want to hear those stories. So I'm really glad that you included that as part of your blog, uh, especially during Christmas week, uh, the holidays. It's uh, <laughs> definitely uh, cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. It makes me think of it makes me think of a story that we talked about a few uh, maybe last week, even recently, a recent episode where there was a girl who was on her deathbed and all of a sudden there appeared on the monitors right near her room, this angelic looking entity or light and all the uh, nurses and so forth saw it in person uh, when they were there 
uh, and actually, you know, they have the recordings of it and everything. And then miraculously, right after seeing that light, this girl had just uh, an incredible recovery. They were expecting her to pass and she came back completely. So, you know, that being a very extreme case, but it's uh, I, I like how you added the piece that you 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 had asked for it and it's you'd put it out there to the universe like I want to have this sort of an experience. And I think once you do, you can uh, you know, you can once you open yourself up, it's uh, it also makes me think I'll share one other quick story with you. Uh, I had a maybe a year or so ago I was reading a book and it talked a lot about angelic encounters and so forth. And I was telling my friend about it, uh, you know, how, you know, I hadn't really read much about angelic encounters or that sort of thing or knew a a ton about it. Um, Although the friend who turned me on to the book, his dad knows Doreen Virtue and ended up working with her after going to one of her her uh, workshops and then having his own angelic encounter in the bathroom <laughs> during the workshop and saying, you'll work with her. And he ended up working with her for years and years and years after. Um, so this same friend told me uh, about this book and it had angelic related stuff in it. I hadn't read a whole lot about and you know, uh, angelic encounters. Of course, I'm very open to it. And so I'm checking the book out. I'm then sharing what I'm reading with Uh, a friend about the book one evening about a year ago and as i'm talking about it and how you know how the book talked about angelic entities would contact you in different ways they would reach out to the physical dimension all of a sudden my um the alarm in my house goes out uh, goes on the fire alarm and i'm like what it's like 10 at night and 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 I am uh, I'm just like, whoa, just as I'm talking about how they'll reach out to you out of nowhere, my alarm goes off. And so I go and try and figure out how to turn it off. I look and see, is anyone cooking something that maybe is burning and nope, nothing. And so fast forward, we ended up staying up very late that night. Now it's that was at right. Maybe 10 p.m. A weird time for the alarm to go off anyway. Right. It's nothing's nothing, nothing burning in the house. Um and then about three in the morning, we're still up. I'm playing around on Facebook or something. A friend writes something about, uh, thank you for all the great messages. I know that angels are real because of, because of you. Something that I'm like, oh, wow. And so I start reading that out loud to my friend uh, to just say, hey, you know, Tyler, check this out. Just remember what just happened five hours ago. And, and now someone's writing something about, you know, re- referencing angels to me on Facebook randomly. And right as I'm telling him this, guess what goes off again? <laughs> the alarm. <laughs> the, the alarm went off again. Yep. And Absolutely. so I don't know, man. And this is like three in the morning now. This thing goes off and we look at each other like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, wow. and I, you know, I've never had anything quite like it before or since, but I, I was giving a lot of energy towards this kind of concept and this idea, you yes. know, reading this book and talking about it. And what do you know? What, what happens? Uh, some, some very strange things start happening. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing those stories. They're really, Absolutely. really, uh, yeah, it, it, it is incredible when you put it out there, what you want and, and isn't necessarily, you know, that it's going to come in a specific form. Like my whole yeah. thing was I wanted to see angels. I wanted to, you know, I wanted proof, quote unquote proof, whatever that means, right? right? And right. I, I had just had an experience in meditating um, right before this where I I think I saw angels. And they, they didn't, they, you know, what it looked like to me was um, like sparklers, you know, that, that kind of uh-huh. like a holiday sparkler thing, but that it was sure. in the air. I don't know how else to describe it. Like if you're looking at a blue sky, 
there's uh-huh. that space between you and wherever the sky, wherever the blue is. And in that yeah. space is where all these sparklers were. And wow. yeah, so that, I mean, so I was like floating because I'm like, I saw angels. This is really cool. And then I stepped on this, this pipe and fell and it was just like, wow, it was crazy. And, and, and it, it was so fast. I mean, there was, I didn't get myself out of that pipe. I mean, there is no way. And yeah. I was, I, I fell and then I was I was out. It was just that fast. And I had the incredible bruise to prove that there was something in yeah. there. You know? It was like you fell in and then next thing you know you're kind of miraculously sitting next to the Yeah. The hole that you I was fell on in. my hands and knees and I was still holding the dang camera. It was like this is just bizarre. And And you have no recollection whatsoever of climbing out, struggling to get out or anything. It's just like fall nope. and and you're snapped into place next to it. Yep. What yep. a trip. And, and, you know, I mean, and, and, and if you think about it, if you drop down into a culvert pipe that's, you know, what, two foot in diameter or something. Yeah. You know, just your body in there. And if you imagine up to your armpits, I mean, you're going to have to do a push up. You're going to have to do something to get yourself high enough sure. to get out. You know, I mean, it's going to take a little effort. There was nothing. I didn't do anything. Wow. And I was on my knees. And the were bruise. You, were like, you kind of shocked? Like, how did I end up here next to the hole? It was, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Because, like I said, the first thing was, did anybody see that? That was funny to realize that was my first thought. I was embarrassed. Like, I fell yeah. in this hole. Did anybody see that? And it's like, oh my god, I yeah. just about died. You know, I could have yeah. died. <laughs> and and I'm worried yeah. about somebody seeing it. You know, it was just. And and what's even funnier. Is when I got back to the house, I would I had been gone for a long time because I had walked all around this little town that we were in and stuff. So I was probably gone for a couple hours, and the other girls yeah. were starting to wonder where I was. And somebody made just made an offhand joke and said, "Oh, she probably fell in a hole." Really? And wow! It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was just there were so many like synchronicities about it, and it's like, well, yeah. actually, <laughs> I did. It wasn't a hole; it was a pipe. But yeah. <laughs> No. Well, uh, all of you listening out there who have ever wondered about these sorts of uh, experiences, um, you, you've now heard Sue's experiences. I just shared one my own personal kind of experience with this sort of thing. And uh, now that you are uh, considering it and thinking about it, put out put out your own uh, you know request to the universe to see some sort of uh, <laughs> proof of of non physical beings that are you know, interacting in your life and, and maybe add to it that it doesn't entail, uh, beating your legs up or getting in an accident. Yeah. Life or death for sure. For sure. (laughs) Put in that, uh, put in that little caveat, that extra, uh, (laughs) that extra, uh, little bit of wording into your request. Let it be a safe, (laughs) innocuous encounter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sue, thank you so much as always for, for, you know, tuning in and sharing a bit of your insight and wisdom. And in this case, I love the fact that you, you uh, shared some exciting stories. That's really uh, a fun, fun thing to do. I I love it. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brandon. Happy new year. Uh, Happy new year to you too. So to keep in the spirit of uh, Sue's uh, wonderful pondering of the day and talking about angelic entities and so forth, I decided to uh, play a little clip here for you guys from Abraham Hicks, who is uh, someone that I like to to pipe into the podcast regularly. Um, definitely some uh, 
some high wisdom in my opinion. And um, so this is Abraham Hicks talking about um, uh, different thought forms that the actual, the title of this is called what about thought forms and dark entities. And we, uh, I found it on the, we are one TV YouTube channel. And uh, the reason I wanted to play this is because, you know, we just talked about angelic entities and high vibrational, uh, you know, entities. Now I would like to hear a little bit, uh, you know, I know a lot of people's mind instantly goes to these kind of fearful thoughts and dark entities. And we've all heard these horrible, you know, uh, ghost stories and things like that. So um, I thought uh, we would get a little perspective on this sort of thing from Abraham Hicks. Take a listen. You were talking about how you perceive through Esther and you see through Esther's eyes um, through her normal daily cognition or do you also have the ability to um, maybe perceive in a more pure sense? Oh yes, we, your eyes are a very small part of that which we see. It, 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 while your eyes are a tremendously meaningful part of your deciphering experience, they are a very minuscule part of our deciphering experience. And right. we do not only need Esther's eyes, we can see through the eyes of the frog or the eyes of the fly. Those are really good eyes, those fly eyes. <laughs> In other words, we are perceiving beings and we can perceive through any avenue that we choose to perceive through. I've also been reading a lot about um, ancient seers from ancient Mexico, um, sorcerers, they call themselves. Are you familiar at all with, with that group of people? Well, in a historical sense. We are, yes, we are, we are aware right. of, of all that has been experienced. Wanna, we want to lay a brief... Uh, basis here and then we want to hear more from you. As you made the decision to get focused into this time-space reality, you knew that you would be using your physical abilities to focus and that's what your physical senses are. They are focusing mechanisms. The benefit of a focusing mechanism is that especially when there are many others that are using similar focusing mechanisms, is that it gives you agreement about what you're seeing. So you come forth, you interpret similarly, and it gives you a basis or a jumping off place. You all really liked the idea of coming forth and focusing similarly so that there was a platform from which you could launch your next new idea. Because there is, there is not only benefit from the stability that gives birth to the new idea, but there is satisfaction in that feeling of motion from one place to the other. In other words, this feeling of expansion is so delicious. We want to give you a sense of what it would be like if you did not have the ability to choose your subject or to focus in any way and you were standing in this vast universe where every thought that has ever been thought and every potential thought has even coalesced. In other words, can you imagine the chaos and confusion of your in this moment experience if you did not have the ability to focus a platform from which to reach more specifically into the next idea? So that's what this physical time-space reality is all about. It's a jumping-off point. And these people that, through history, have come to be known as seers or even sorcerers or, or witches or those people who learned to manipulate energy in ways that others did not know how to, what they were in every case were just those beings who learned how to focus the energy. In other words, they were focusers of energy. And really that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about focusing energy. 
Now, I want to come back, and if we get too far from where you think you're going with this, rein us back in. But we want to talk just a little bit about where you began with this idea of seer, because we think that in discussing this just a little bit, it will get to the heart of something that is bigger. When you look into a physical environment and you use your physical eyes, you have learned over time to focus your eyes in a specific way. Even though there are all kinds of other things that most of you usually do not see. It does not mean they are not there. It means that you have not trained yourself to see them. It's like your dog can hear things that you can't hear. And the fact that you can't hear them doesn't mean they are not there. It means you have not yet trained your ears to hear them. Your dog can smell things that you can't smell and maybe wouldn't want to. And it's not because those things are, are not there. It is because you have, not, you have not trained or developed your decipherer as specifically as the beast that is having that experience. So these seers are humans mm -hmm. who have understood that there is more to see than easily meets the eye, who have in most cases learned to soften the vision of what they are demanding their eyes to see, which allows them to use a different part of their seeing mechanism in order to see. And those words that we have offered you there, it is true of all aspects of seeing. It requires looking at something from a different vantage point in order to afford yourself interaction with it in a different way. Some people see auras. They will watch Esther as Abraham is pouring through her and they will be amazed at the light show. While others will look and say, what is it that you are seeing? I don't see anything. It is a very common thing for someone to know that there is a presence in the room and just because others in the room could not see does not mean that there was not something there that she was sensing. Very often, someone will catch something out of the corner of their eye, something very real. But when they look, they do not see it, and then they assume they were imagining it, where what was happening is looking straight on at something is using your physical eyes in the physical way of focusing them that you've become accustomed to, which usually only lets you see physical stuff that you've trained your eye to see, while what you see peripherally is a softer uh, vision, and you often then can interpret energy in different ways. So... This time-space reality, this is something that you can see and feel and hear. In other words, it, it feels real. It is reality. And you say, so this is real while the ghost that I saw probably isn't. And we say, you cannot say that one is realer than the other. They are both interpretations. This is nothing more than an interpretation. It just feels realer because more people over longer time have interpreted it. And because there's so much agreement on this reality. So then the seer who is able to interpret a reality that others do not see is often hanged or burned at the stake or touted as uh, evil because he has learned to use his interpreters uh, more broadly or more specifically. Right. That was good. Um, so when, when I was young, um, before two years old, I remember really wanting to be able to perceive the way my parents perceived. And I remember seeing black blobs in the room with my parents 
and they were repulsive and I commanded them to leave the room and it, it didn't work. It, it seemed like they were feeding off of my parents. And so my question is, is mankind effective at an unconscious level by low vibrational non-physical beings? Yes, now we, we talk about how there's not a source of darkness and we're not right. kidding you about that. Right. Uh, do you see energy at all? Sometimes? I've, yes. As you look at Esther's body and try to look through her rather than focusing on one of her features soften your vision you may be a bit close we'll we will step back just a little bit sometimes it is easier if there's a little greater distance and look at her or better still through her pretend that there is a a spot on the wall behind her that you would like to see and so you're softening your vision as your eyes reach her and you're looking right through her so that your point of focus is 20 feet behind her. You get a sense of what we're talking about? And as your point of focus is 20 feet behind her, it will soften your vision as your vision approaches where she is. Raise your eyes just a little bit, look more to the center of her. Now as you are looking at her, you begin to notice a sort of uh, energy around her. Don't be alarmed if you don't see it. But just relax and see if you do not see uh, energy. It's sort of like a shadow, but instead of the absence of light, it is a presence of light. Getting a look, a look at it. Goose it up just a little bit. Now, what this is, as, as you, can you see it? I'm not, not really? With, not with certainty. Now, what happens is, just keep looking softly. Just take your time and, and no big thing if you see it or not. It is energy that is there. You might catch a glimpse of it. You might not. But just keep looking at it. Keep watching. Just keep looking at Esther. And uh, we'll goose it up just a little bit here. And what it is, it's, it's just energy leakage. But it is energy that is actually visible if you soften your eyes. Now... As we move from it, sometimes you can still see it. In other words, in other words, because because it is energy. Now, what happens is, in as you are little, and you are able to see that. In other words, it is your way of life. You look at the tree and you see that. You look at your own hands and see that. In other words, when you are littler, there's all kinds of that. And we believe that what was happening to you is you began to decipher visually the stronger presence of energy or the absence of energy. Now, in the same way that as we were chatting on things, we were talking about source energy, we were, we were uh, what was flowing through us was light force or, or God force, or whatever it is you're wanting to call it and as we chewed longer and it actually congealed it actually became something that was decipherable by the eye in the same way if someone is chewing on things that they're worried about if they are upset about things so that they are gathering around them uh, energies that are denser and fuller of that fuller of contradiction or contrast, someone whose eyes were sensitive to the light would interpret the absence of that as well. You get in the, we are always wanting to be very delicate as we right. approach this subject because it feels like there are bad things that have the power to assert. That's what your question is about. And what we are saying yeah. to you is 
everything is a vibrational match and every thought that has ever been thought exists. One day, a woman brought to us a very wonderful question. She lived here in this Bay Area and she said, Abraham, I've been driving across this long Bay Bridge for many, many years and I've never felt any concern about it at all. And last week, I was driving across and I felt absolute panic. She said, I thought I was going to have to lay on the floor of my car. I've never been so afraid. She said, what happened to me? And we said, well, it sounds to us like you've bumped into some thought forms, which she didn't like the sound of. And she said, what do you mean? And we said, well, a lot of people pass over those bridges. Often they are tourists. It's the first time on such a bridge. It's a long bridge, and so they can get a pretty good run of the thought going. So people cross over the bridge, and they feel fear as they cross over. And then the thought is there, and law of attraction gathers those thoughts. And so there's a sort of congealing of the thought. And so a congealing of, of the thought, of a similar thought, becomes that which you would call a thought form. And we said to her, you've bumped into a thought form. We said, now, thought forms of joy, thought forms of despair are around you all the time. In other words, there are rivers of thoughts because there have been so many billions of people that have been offering thought in your environment. We said, the question that we are wanting to ask you is, what has happened in your experience that has made you suddenly a vibrational match to a thought form where you never have been before? She knew right away. She said, my neighbor was burglarized. And we've been talking, we've been having community meetings about what to do and how to keep it from happening, about whether to put bars up or alarms in. And so she recognized right away, once she got the sense of how it works, that she had had exposure to an experience that had caused her to begin offering a vibration of vulnerability. And as she went across the bridge, still radiating this vibration of vulnerability, she connected with thought form that she had not had access to before. And so that's what you saw. And do they feed on you? Not at all. In other words, law of attraction just brings everything that is a vibrational match together. You're not vulnerable to it ever. And sometimes we feel our physical friends feeling vulnerable. It's like I need to be guarded of those things. It's really scary. It was bad enough to have to watch out for big things that I could see, like trains running over me and, and right. monsters in the bushes. But now there are invisible thought forms having feeding frenzies and we say there is not anything for you to feel vulnerable about because your well-being is so dominant but sometimes you can hold yourself in a thought long enough that you disallow that light and in the absence of it you conclude darkness and then you think there's a source of it when there is not yeah so i i really really like her perspective on that you you know talking about the dark entity especially as being just uh, void of energy, right? Uh, it's not something that's happening to you. So many people are concerned about these uh, beings that are affecting you or coming and, you know, uh, causing you pain and grief and all these things. And really, it's just a reflection. Once again, law of attraction, you know, it's uh, seeing, uh, seeing energy around people. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried the technique she talked about to kind of see uh, an aura, but if not, you should try it. It uh, I've definitely had some success doing it. Now, some people see auras really vividly and in great detail and can even give you like, you know, readings uh, about yourself uh, based off of what they're seeing. But uh, I have never had any kind of visual like that, but I have been able to see it to some degree, like she was trying to get the, the guy in the audience to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it, Dalian, what, what she's saying? I mean, you've got here's where there's a lot of extra energy. Here's where there's a void of lower vibration energy. And that's really all that darkness is and it's not good or bad it just is 
you know, it's like hot and cold. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a perspective that I think I had on my own before and maybe out of something intuitive. Um, but uh, it's something that I would exhort and recommend that all people try and adopt, try and really take on as their personal belief. And it's a belief that you are ultimately always in control, that it really doesn't right. matter because there may be dark entities out there. And I think that, you know, Abraham was sort of in a way coy enough not to disclaim for good, but really putting the emphasis on it really doesn't matter if you understand what it is that you're doing. So um, because I've had my couple of I've had a, a couple of relatively recent experiences with entities that felt, you know, like they were perhaps non-physical, very fearful based or very like with a fear energy. Mm -hmm. uh, both of these came to me. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, real quick, I won't get into the stories, but these were both uh, sort of like dream type apparitions. I was right, very right. much in, one of them was a very vivid nightmare and the other one was a sort of a in-between dream state. Gotcha. Yeah, but um, even though these entities felt very fearful and sort of alien really to me, I, I just never really feared them in themselves because like, you know, it's like they sort of scared me for a split second and then I was like, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. I recognize like, oh, I'm inviting this sort of thing for whatever reason but it doesn't matter. I put no stock into the idea there's another entity out there trying to like, you know, influence me negatively. I, I just can't, can't go there. I can't, I can't give that right. attention. Exactly. And where attention goes, energy flows. So if you empower anything, you know, you're, you're co-creating it to be. And that's the interesting thing. I think everyone needs to come away with understanding. You are empowered. You are so empowered. It makes me think I saw a couple of years ago at Lightning in a Bottle, I saw Bashar speak. And if you haven't ever heard of Bashar, he's a he's a channel as well. And uh, very interesting. You know, I don't claim whether or not he is or isn't channeling some other entity. Uh, you know, all I know is what he talks about is highly intelligent and mm -hmm. very wise and so much positive energy behind it. And someone got up in the, in the uh, crowd and uh, actually, I think you can find this clip online. Uh, and if you look closely, you'll see me sitting there right in the front. <laughs> but uh, there's a clip online where it showed someone getting up and talking about having uh, her and her boyfriend trying to really live a positive, high vibrational life. But they had had some kind of experience with what they felt like was a dark entity of some kind. And now it was like kind of terrifying them and, and so forth. and Hovering sure, around. Huh? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and just it was like wrecking their world. And Bashar said, you know, the thing is. The nothing has any power over you unless you give it power over you. If you're giving that energy, then you're allowing, you're co-creating that experience. If you are vibrating at such a high frequency where all you're focusing on is, you know, good and putting out good and being a light to the world and all those sorts of things, you, you become invisible to any force that would ever want to sort of, um, cause you disturbance because it, they're not a vibrational match for you. So it's like you, you literally become a, a invisible. They can't, they're not, can't process where you're resonating. You're, you're on like a different channel than they are. And I think that's a really powerful, empowering way to, to, uh, Think about these sorts of things, not just with non-physical entities, but with physical entities, with people, you know, all the murderers and, and, you know, horrible people that are out in the world or someone that's in your personal story who you're, you're concerned about what they may or may not do against you. Just elevate your vibration to such a frequency that it no longer, you even, you become invisible to them. You are no longer on the same channel. You're not playing in their, in their energy field in, at all. So they instantly are attracted to something else that's a vibrational match to them and you are not it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a very yeah. important, important lesson. That is such a profound insight, dude, because it, 
I, I see connections to, you know, some of the stuff we talked about yesterday and the question from Samantha. Um, I have thought for a long time and I have heard versions of this as possibly being the case that if there is such a thing perhaps going on right now as like a sort of rapture or, you know, perhaps mm-hmm. a divine energy or a Christ consciousness is coming back to the planet. Then I think that we're seeing examples out there that are perhaps no, not so far fetched of consciousness becoming so polarized within human society yeah. Yeah. that some people are just extremely driven by fear now. And, you know, I can't say that those people aren't um, in control of their own destiny in a sense. They are, of course, but in a way, they're also victim of their own fear. Right. And they just don't see it. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, of course, I guess like we were saying, you know, we all contend with the challenges of life. I mean, you know, there's ups and downs for everybody. Sure. But, um, you know, some of us have just a slightly higher understanding, knowledge or whatever it is that we have to be very careful what we give attention to. And yep. some people just cannot. Um, it's like the compulsion to, you know, um, focus on, on the very scary news out there every day. Like, what's going on in, to in the Middle you're East? purchasing. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. You're Guess what? Is, exactly. So I think of so many, yeah, I think of so many instances of what could be seen as, you know, something that the book of Revelation talks about, like the a separation of the wheat from the chaff, how yeah. like the righteous and the wicked will be separated. Well, perhaps it's not something that some deity so is doing to us. Yeah, right. yeah. But more what we're doing to ourselves. We're segregating ourselves. ourselves. Yes. The fearful from those who are choosing, uh, you know, a higher frequency. Yeah. Really. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think this has been a very interesting and hopefully helpful uh, episode. Uh, perhaps, perhaps even synchronistical for some of you out there listening that are tuning into this frequency uh the positive yeah. head podcast and this is something that you've been given some thought to i just, choose to believe that's the case dude even if that synchronicity doesn't play out for a few years yeah who knows but if so we'd love to hear about your synchronicity and uh yeah remember you are in control you are not a victim of any one seen or unseen you are the master of your own destiny with your vibration and congratulations for coming to realize that even hopefully more fully after tuning into this episode uh well uh, we're gonna leave them with a song today right dealing uh yeah i believe you picked out the track today and uh, it's a good one i've heard you play it before ah yeah this is very speaking of angelic this is uh, s- uh i'm okay hopefully i get the pronunciation right <laughs> snatam core and that's spelled s-n-a-t-a-m and then k-a-u-r and the song is called servant of peace and i first heard this song um through my good friend Pablo Miller. Uh, you can actually check out a podcast interview I did with him many, many months ago, one of the early podcasts. And he uh, he is a shamanic facilitator and we did an ayahuasca uh, session and my good friend uh, Shane was with me and he <laughs> heard this song and just kept talking about it and playing it and singing it and just like, oh my gosh, this is like the most high vibration, beautiful song ever. So I figured, you know what? We need something today that is angelic. And this is the first thing that came to mind. So uh, I'm going to leave you guys with Snatam Kaur, Servant of Peace. Otherwise, if you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, Your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. 
Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.
Love. 